This is Ag Bioscience. Welcome and thanks for joining. I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovis Indiana. This is the podcast where we explore all things Ag Bioscience, the people, the products and innovations across food, animal health, plant science and ag tech. We're joined today by one of the Midwest's most successful entrepreneurs. From his first business managing properties during college to building a massive development business that's built and operates iconic properties throughout the Midwest. He has a passion for growth and innovation. He's a master at managing risk, and he's bringing his vision-driven leadership to shape the next generation of the economy. Welcome, Indiana Secretary of Commerce and CEO of Buckingham Companies, Brad Chambers. Brad, welcome to Ag Bioscience. Thank you. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. That was a robust introduction, and it's much appreciated. It, well, uh, it's been a great journey. Indiana is better because of your leadership, Brad. Oh, I mean, you're it, kind. You're I, very, you're I, very kind. I'm grateful you're here, and it's so good to see you in person. Before we get into how you and the team are building the economy of the future here in Indiana, we yeah. got we have to learn more about you. You're your story is one that I just, I love. Oh. I remember there's there's this story that you've shared about pulling a mower mm -hmm. while you're riding your bike in mm -hmm. college as you built your development business. Right. You build Buckingham with this juggernaut that is mm. this Midwest iconic company. Right. And now you're the Secretary of Commerce. Tell us more about the story that's Brad Chambers. It is, it is, it is, it is interesting, if nothing else, I, I think for a few of us anyway, um, definitely has been interesting for me. Listen, I, I uh, um, other than my family, I, I found early on that, that working was, uh, was one of my great joys, right? And um, I, I came from a, you know, just a kind of a normal Midwest family. My father, uh, stuck his toe in entrepreneurship and, and, um, you know, I was a student at Lawrence Central High School and, and, and a couple of our buddies, we, 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 uh, we were fairly industrious. And so we, you know, we're, we're living, living at home and we, we decided we're going to start, start this landscaping business, lawn care business. And, um, and it just kind of took off. It's hard work. And, um, but, but the value in that hard work was that, um, that we were having fun and that so that's the lesson that mm -hmm. i i learned and i didn't even know i was learning it right that you're you're out there you're outside you're with friends you're 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 conducting work and you're getting rewarded um and so that went on for a while and then at um as a sophomore at iu uh one of the partners approached me and said hey would you sell your interest would you would can i buy the company from you guys and so we actually had a sellable business, you know, when we were early in, in at IU and we sold that business and I, I took the proceeds and it's inexplicable to me now that I didn't blow the proceeds <laughs> in, in, a, in the way college students typically can yeah. do that. Um, another miracle in my journey. But, um, but we took that, that, those proceeds and, and one of the other partners and I bought a rental property at IUPUI and that was sophomore year. And by the time I graduated from IU, I, I own 31 rental units and so put myself wow. through school. Um, and, you know, I, I say I got my MBA in life during that period. I, I was an average student, um, but I was really um, running back and forth to Indianapolis. It was fun. And, and uh, that was a start in today. Uh, Buckingham Companies is a national real estate investment business. Uh, fully integrated business with over 500 employees and wow. uh, been been in, been trucking along and growing in Indiana, consuming the Indiana economy for almost 40 years. So, I love this, right? Your, your entrepreneurial DNA, right? Yeah. This idea of 
understanding the value of hard work and hustle, probably two of the best ingredients for success. Right. Right. This, this entrepreneurial DNA that is Mm -hmm. in government operations usually aren't used in the same sentence. Look, as a, as a, as a former government guy, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm allowed to say that no disrespect. It's just, that's the way institutions are built. So share with us more. You're, you're CEO of Buckingham companies, this company you created. Yeah. Yeah. Governor Holcomb comes probably multiple times and tries mm-hmm. to convince you to do this job. Right. Not only do you say yes, you say yes for 99 cents a year. Well, it wasn't a yes <laughs> initially, so we can I can tell you the full story. Tell us tell us yeah. the story how you became Secretary of Commerce. So, you know, you're you're correct up until the yes. <laughs> uh, the governor called and said, "Hey, you know, really love it if you'd consider uh, joining um, the cabinet and, and as Secretary of Commerce and Commerce and, and running our state's economy and and uh, I, I said, Governor, I, I'm certainly flattered and appreciate the the invite, but no, I'm busy. Right, I'm running a business here and I'm having fun doing that. And and uh, uh, so he he came back to me again and and obviously I'm sitting here today because he was persuasive. Um, but but then the conversation. Um, evolved into, you know, I said, listen, I'm doing this for, for the opportunity to serve our company culture, uh, is philanthropic and civic in nature. And, and, um, so if I would have said no, it would have been contrary to this culture mm-hmm. and DNA of our company. And if I would have said no, it, it would have been uh, a message to my senior leaders in the company. I didn't trust them to run the business, which, which was, which was a message I didn't want to send. So I said, yes. And I, and I, I'm like, listen, uh, let's let's just do it for a dollar a year. And he goes, oh man. He goes, that's terrific. He goes, you know, Mickey Maurer. When when Mickey Maurer was Secretary <laughs> of Commerce for Mitch Daniels, he did it for a dollar. He governor asked. He said, would you do it for ninety nine cents? So good. It is so good. And he is so competitive. Um, and uh, and he's frugal. So it's it, it's a good. But here I am, and and um, and it's it's been a, a dynamic, interesting, uh, uh, impactful. I think for uh, fifteen months. Well, you've been on a tear yeah, the last fifteen thanks. months. Yeah. You your first shot over the bow before you even took the job. I remember hearing you speak, right. and you began to roll out this five E framework, kind mm-hmm. of a play on five G. That's right. Share with us more about the five E strategy you're using to guide growth here in the state. Yeah, it it coming from the perspective of a business owner, a consumer of, of our state's economy, you know, I kind of, I kind of approach this, you know, from that perspective uh, as a consumer, um, and, and been around a long time in Indiana. And, and so it was, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I really wanted to, 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 um, to assume the secretary of commerce role in a true fashion of a secretary of commerce, a strategy for the growth, mm-hmm. an aspiration of our economy. I believe in the product that we have. Um, and so there's a host of aspirational, uh, I think, opportunities for the state and objectives for the state that I brought uh, to the job. And I want to be able to, I want to be able to communicate those in a, in a, in a, in a simple, concise way and, and, and create a, a framework for the team. So we all are on the same playbook. We have a plan and that, that is, you're exactly right. It's a play on uh, this uh, 5G, which is the speed of business, and um, and we call it our our five uh, E's. And um, you know, it, it's 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 uh, it's it's been it's simple. It's not perfect, but it's it's a great framework, and it has really guided our ability to run faster, 
shoot higher and be aspirational for our our economy. And and you know, it, after 15 months looking back on it, it's it's working. So I'm happy to rip through my five E's if you want. Um, but it's been it's been a it's been a, a really simple and sometimes simple is best. Absolutely. At the same time, aspirational. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm happy to you know chat about the five E's because they're working. They are working. Okay, so this is a test. They, yeah. This is not written down yeah, anywhere. Yeah. So the, I'm going to try this on yeah. my own and see if we get there. Okay, go. So five E's. So economy of the future, external engagement, uh, energy transformation, entrepreneurship, yeah. and the last E. Built environment. Built environment. In, environment. Oh, I was so close. Yeah. Now you butchered the order, but that's okay. You passed the quiz. I give you a B plus. Well, I'm so best at public school education, right? Yeah. Four, four out of right. five. That's right. Four out of five is an eighty. That's that's true. I mean, yeah. so that's, that's a, B. a B. Solid B. Yeah, B B minus maybe. But oh, gosh. But so our first E is the environment or the built environment. I I think I think essential to the job of state leadership. And, and, and my job is population growth, which leads mm -hmm. to workforce growth. And you do that through investing in quality of life uh, in the built environment, cities and towns, investing in cities and towns. And the state's got this incredible program, nationally innovative program called Ready, mm -hmm. where we distributed $500 million through a competitive process to 17 Ready regions. And that's going to have $10 billion worth of economic impact statewide. So that's an investment in population growth and workforce growth. You know, 40 or 50 years ago, people would graduate from college or they even graduate from high school and they would go find a job in Iowa or Illinois mm -hmm. or New Hampshire and they'd move to the job. Today, you know, I said in my global summit uh, uh, keynote speech, my belief is the new natural resources, people in place. Yeah. And, and so the jobs are moving to the people. And so investing in our built environment uh, in the, in the, in the hopes of attracting people and workforce, I think is a good move. And so that's our first E. Our second E is, is, uh, building an economy of the future with industries of the future and highways curves of, of the future. And, you know, being really specific and prescriptive and targeted on those industries that'll, that'll power our economy for the next 30 years. And that is electric, electrification, generally electric vehicles, microelectronics, semiconductors, uh, technology, robotics, artificial intelligence, uh, hypersonics, and and we're having a lot of success being prescriptive um, this year alone. Twenty two billion dollars of 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 investment. Um, historically, it's been around eight or nine mm -hmm. billion, so a three hundred percent increase uh, through the first ten or eleven months of this year. But those, more importantly, those are those are our second E: building an economy of the future with industries of the future. Two of those. Are uh, are in the microelectronic space, mm -hmm. um, and then we've got uh, a couple in the battery engineering space, uh, in the electrification space. So, you know, being prescriptive, having a plan is working. Um, and uh, then our thirty is near and dear to my heart. I, I don't think um, we can make any better investment than investing in entrepreneurship and absolutely supporting innovation. Right, yes. you're doing that every day yes. in in agriculture. So um, in ag tech, um, you know, I, I, I use the, the story of, of, uh, of an entrepreneur 145 years ago that started a, a drug company or a, a, a drugstore down on the south side of Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And 145 years later, it's the 25th largest company on the globe. An army guy, by the way, just in case anybody's keeping yeah, track. That's right. Colonel. Yeah. Colonel Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly is his name. And he is an entrepreneur. And we don't, you know, today, 145 years later, don't think of him as an entrepreneur. 
He was an entrepreneur. Right. You know, he started yeah. a drugstore. Um, and look at the impact to that. So w- we as a state need to prioritize funding the next Eli Lilly um, or the next, you name it, in our state who have been successful entrepreneurs. So that's our 30. And then our fourth is the energy transition. It's it's all around us. It's and and we just we just need to um, have a plan and 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 it's a, it's a couple um, couple areas of focus. One is making sure our state is uh, conducive for those folks that are that are building products and services in the energy transition mm-hmm. uh, to deliver those products and services in our state and, and and through our manufacturing DNA and expertise. And then also making sure that we're we're um, delivering. Uh, stable, reliable, clean, and affordable energy. Yes. And I will tell you, there's really good news on that front in Indiana. I mean, we're top four in the country. Little Indiana is top four in the country for for the production of clean energy in development. And wow, not a lot of people know that. Yeah. You know? And so our coal reliance is down from the 70s or 80s, 10 years ago, under under 50%. We're diversifying um um, we're diversifying our energy sources and, and we've made a lot of progress. We haven't talked about it. Um, but really, you know, paramount to our, to our energy transition focus is stability, reliability, right. and affordability. Um, and we're not in a hurry, right? A lot of people are going to set these goals of 20 or 30 or 2035. And we just want to make sure that we're, we got our eye on the ball. We're, 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 we're thoughtful about how we're approaching this space, um, in, 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 uh, and I think we're doing that. It's early, early days still, but, um, I'm, I'm really super excited about some of the progress we've made, um, already in the energy transition space. And then lastly is our, our, our 50 is the external engagement. There's a lot of cool things going on in Indiana. We got great places to live and good yes. quality of life and incredible businesses and innovation in, you know, especially in your space. We just don't talk about it. We're humble Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you really we need to we need to tell our story better globally, right? Um, certainly in Indiana, nationally, but globally as well. We're, we have an international global economy. Uh, we have eight foreign offices at the state of Indiana, and um, we're well respected. But we need to tell these wins, and there's a lot of wins. So that's our five E's. That's super helpful, Brad. And I, I love the idea of clarity. Clarity of purpose, vision, those without vision shall perish. Really yeah. important, really important to understand. You know, we've been on our journey here at Agrinovis. Yeah. We set forward a, what we called Grow 2024, mm-hmm. commitment to add $4 billion in revenue to awesome. this economy by 2024. You and your team have been awesome. I mean, just incredible yeah. partners to Thank us you. here at Agrinovis, to our board. Since we launched that, this is so fun. Mm-hmm. Since we launched that strategy, over 2,000 new job commitments and more than $1.2 billion in capital investment committed here in the state. As you think about yeah. the economy, the future, external engagement, all the five E's as it relates to ag bioscience, mm-hmm. where do you see this fitting in? Well, I mean, we can't, <clears throat> I mean, we'd be foolish to turn away from our roots, essential roots as an agricultural state, correct? I mean, and then you combine that essential DNA of agriculture and agriculture, uh, you know, powering the country, you know, you, you marry that with our innovation and entrepreneurship capabilities in our university capabilities. It is a powerful uh, combination. Uh, 85% of the state is rural. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a an important national interest in, in, in our, our uh, 
uh, our ag uh, sector. Um, it's an important component to our workforce and our state GDP. Um, but it's it's a it's a super exciting time um, in in the in the ag biosciences area in animal health, uh, food and and uh, innovations. And you're you're on the front line of that. And, Absolutely. And you guys are just doing such an amazing job of cultivating that, bringing it all together supporting it so that it, it can continue to power our economy for the next you know 200 years thank you um it's it's super important and it is it is it is in our in our um, 5e plan it is an economy of the future ag tech in ag biosciences are I think definitely solidly in our second E of, of, of an economy, building an economy of the future. Uh, it makes me so happy. And as we look at the economy of the future, I love the idea of rural and urban and yep. all across the straight, right, state from Evansville to South Bend, from Terre Haute to Richmond, everywhere in between. Yep. We, we've proven we can grow ag bioscience companies. We've proven we can attract companies. But we're also proving we can win here at home, right? That's Big right. news in ag bioscience mm -hmm. this year, Corteva. Mm -hmm. Named Indianapolis their global headquarters. We saw mm -hmm. a land code break ground on their headquarters mm -hmm. just uh, across from the zoo here in Indianapolis. We've seen great young companies like Biomedit, yep. Adaraya, the shrimp company. Yep. Really interesting work. How do you and the team, how do you think about attracting certainly those bigs, the ones where we go out and we say, boy, let's go get this company from someplace else to here. How do you balance that with growing those companies that are here in the state already? Um, uh, there's nothing more important than, than, you know, on the manufacturing side of that. That's why I am, I am a huge fan of manufacturing readiness grants, taking yes. our existing industry and giving them tools to, to automate and to lean into, to automation and robotics and, and, and AI in their industry. So that is reinvesting and investing in your your biggest asset, which is your existing workforce and your existing uh, industry sectors. So that is, uh, I think, critical. Now, do the big, big new international businesses uh, get headlines? Of course, when they when they land a $3 billion investment right. or, or a $10 billion investment, right. they get a lot of headlines. But I would tell you that day in and day out, you know, the CICP team, you, the IEDC team, we are we are we are working hard at cultivating entrepreneurship and and yes. small businesses. We're hard at work at at, at um, you know supporting manufacturing and in our logistics industry and absolutely our ag business. Um, and, and there's just so much going on on the innovation and, and uh, scientific evolution in the agriculture business. It's amazing. So, you know, long uh, answer to a short question. We we are every day prioritizing our existing businesses. Um, and, and those are growing. I mean, right. our, our, our GDP is, is really growing and, uh, it's not just because we're adding new industry and new GDP. It's, it's because our existing industries are, are thriving as well. We're talking with Indiana secretary of commerce, Brad Chambers, also CEO of Buckingham companies, Brad time for two more questions. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, clearly part of who you are clearly core to the five E strategy. Help us understand here as, as you and your team think about fueling growth, focusing on those early stage startups. Give us an idea of what we can expect to see from you, from the team, certainly going into a budget session, but mm -hmm. maybe even more broadly around economic development. How are you thinking about grow growing that entrepreneurial sector in Indiana? Yeah, it, it's a it's a exciting and essential um, you know question and and opportunity. Um, 
first and foremost, I think our entrepreneurial ecosystem is pretty good. Um, but my hope and aspiration is to make it great and nationally recognized. So yes. um, we, we, we conducted a global study um, by the startup genome because I wanted to get a baseline on our, on our entrepreneurship e ecosystem. And they came back and they gave us the good news and the, and the things we need to work on. And the good news is what we've got a, we've got a pretty well connected um, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship e ecosystem, but we need to add some things to it like resources and, and some, some roadmaps for early entrepreneurs. Um, they also were surprised at some of the vibrancy in that. And they, they actually identified us as a top 40 global ecosystem, which wow. is, which is, yeah. And so we weren't really on a global ecosystem um, map, but we are now we're top 40. That's great. My hope and aspiration is that Indiana can be, you know, sooner rather than later be recognized as a top five entrepreneurial ecosystem in the United States. Um, and so, you know, if you're an entrepreneur at, at, at a, at a school in Utah or an entrepreneur at a school in New Mexico or in, you know, New Jersey, uh, and you want to scale your business or you want to, you know, come get your MBA at Purdue or Notre Dame and, and start your business here, you recognize Indiana as a, a, a Petri dish that is very conducive to, um, starting, growing a profitable business. I mean, I'm just, I'm amazed at how many states don't uh, make it easy on people right. to 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 start a business and then to run a business, and and Indiana has got a head start on that. We are so easy on industry. Uh, our you know I like to use you know we, we try to reduce friction and, and knock hurdles down so you can grow your business. Um, and if we can continue to do that and we can continue. Uh, to uh, uh, to 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 create support mechanisms for early stage entrepreneurs and get listed as a top five entrepreneurial ecosystem in the country. I think it'll be, uh, you know, and this is a ten year investment and a fifteen year right. investment. Uh, I think I think it'll be great for our economy and and uh, you know part of that economy of the future. And I think it's a portfolio, right? The the things that we're going to get return on today are some of those bigger announcements we've talked about. But these entrepreneurial yeah. investments, yeah, are those are the next chapter of growth, and then that's maybe right. the chapter after that, right? That's you know to use an egg. I mean, that's planting the seed, and it doesn't wake up for three or four or five that's years, right? That's right? it's, it's um, one of the things we're doing this year too. And, and part of it is talking about it, right? Yes. We've talked more about entrepreneurship in the last year than we have in you know in a while, and people are you know they're perking up and they're like, okay, but here's a good idea, and we'll take that good idea and we'll it will implement it. We're we're hoping to roll out um, in December or January a, uh, a a portal so that if you're in high school and we want to send this link to the high school students and the all college students every year. You can go into that entrepreneurship portal, and you can find a lawyer. You can find out how to awesome. how to how to how to file a patent. You can find you can find uh, angel investors. You can find scale up investors. You can you can you know you can find you know Mitch Frazier, who's in the in the ag tech space. Um, we want to we want someone to have a central point of contact that covers mm. the, the the state, so you can get data. And make it at least a step or two easier to start a business, and 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 uh, that's just one initiative um, that we're that we're doing. Our SBDC offices are doing gangbusters, and that's small business development throughout the state. Um, adding some resources to those guys so they can continue 
to support, you know, early stage business owners uh, throughout the state. So I'm excited about that. Um, we've had some big wins on the big business development side, as you know, right? right. Um, but this is something I'm, it's starting to get some momentum and I'm pretty excited about the ah, entrepreneurship. That's good. Yeah. that's good. Okay. Last question, yep. Brad. Yep. The, the global economy, yep. challenging, yep. Uh, really trying to search for footing post pandemic. Yep. We see I mean, even today, right? We see supply chain still disrupted. We see inflation still high. Mm -hmm. as, as you look to all of the constituencies you have, leaders in business, venture capital, academia, government, what 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 are you doing? How or maybe a better question, how can we better work together to really position Indiana for durable, differentiated growth? Mm-hmm. I think more of what we're doing. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you that there's one um, one thing that jumps off the page that isn't contained in our 5e strategy that, that we're not doing. I mean, there's there probably is, um, but we as a state need to be pro-business because we are winning in that category. We need to keep the barriers low. We need to keep the friction low for, for new business owners. We need to... We need to add more resources to our entrepreneurship and innovation uh, sector. We need to keep leaning into the future through the energy transition and telling our story. Um, I think, uh, here's one thing I'll tell you, is that employers and current businesses, our, our biggest challenge as a state, and it's a national challenge, it's not just in sure. the state of Indiana, is workforce. Um, we're entering into an interesting time on workforce. We have demographics are are on the downslope nationally immigration is clogged up for you know federal issues right um and so i think it's an opportunity for indiana to be honest with you because uh, we're stable and we're a great place to live but employers need to they can't they can't think that hiring today is like it was 20 years ago and um and we have the biggest opportunity. So I'm, I found my opportunity here. Um, the biggest opportunity is to keep the kids that are graduating from Indiana schools. If we do that, that is going to be such an addition to our workforce. And I'll give you a little anecdote. I was at Rolls-Holman, and I typically, when I go around the state and talk to chambers of commerce and, and others, I like to stop at the local colleges and high schools because sure. I like to talk to the kids. And there's, it's unscripted, and it's just get to know you. We stopped at, at Rolls-Holman, and um, I'm telling you what, we had 12 really bright engineers, juniors and seniors. And I asked them, would you stay in the state of Indiana uh, upon graduation if you, if you, you know, had that opportunity? And like 11 out of 12 said, we absolutely would. And I said, well, now are you? And like, I think 11 out of 12 said no. And I'm like, why? And they said, because we were recruited by out-of-state companies. Mm. That's a miss on Indian employers. These are really, this is literally the best engineering school in the country. Right. And they told me anecdotally that there was 240 companies at their uh, recruiting fair, their job fair. Only 40 of those were from Indiana. Wow. So that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a um, mm. kind of a, uh, an alarm bell for me to say Indiana companies need to do something differently on their recruiting for this talent. And if they do, we're going to keep more of our kids. So it, that's, that's something government can't necessarily fix. We can mm -hmm. help, mm -hmm. you know, maybe create some, some internship portals and some apprenticeship programs, but our, including me, I'm a business guy, you know, and I've already had this conversation with our HR department. 
we have got to be approaching recruiting and hiring differently than we did 20 years ago because it's a different world. And so that's just a, a little bit of uh, uh, anecdote on we've got great kids that are leaving. They're going in the, like a couple of them are going to Minneapolis, a couple of them are going to Illinois, but they didn't get recruited by Indiana companies and they could have. And, mm-hmm. and so Indiana companies, HR departments, I'm encouraging them to think differently and start reaching out to kids earlier than junior and senior. Get them, get them. And there's, there's recruiting going on freshman, sophomore year. So I'll shut up on that, but that's an area of opportunity for us um, and our private sector can help. I love it. Clear call to action yeah. from Indiana Secretary of Commerce, Brad Chambers. Brad, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you spending time with us. Well, I am, I'm excited what you're doing. And uh, this is there's no I in team here, right? It takes you. It takes all of CICP. It takes IEDC. It takes, it takes all of our economic development partners throughout the state and our state legislator. I mean, this is just... But Indiana is focused on building a great economy of the future, and it's working. So thank you for having me. And we're going to do it together. Thank you so much for tuning into Ag Bioscience. Get the latest Ag Bioscience news and insights by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And while there, you can access our entire library of archived episodes and give us a review. Don't forget, you can always learn more online at agronovusindiana.com. On behalf of the entire Agronovus team, I'm Mitch Frazier saying thanks for listening. We look forward to seeing you real soon. This podcast is a product of Agrinovis Indiana in collaboration with Inside Indiana Business. Hosted by Mitch Frazier. Panel episodes by Gary Dick. Produced by Kayla Chittister and Fabian Rodriguez. Photography by Kaylee Kerr. To get all ag bioscience news all the time, visit agrinovisindiana.com.